0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or 14 minutes usually, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that's important for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. Help people in your life grow in their faith and come closer to God and maybe even get to heaven, by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study. And this is one that, well, there are quite a number of people who have struggled with this particular thought, with this particular teaching, but I think most every one of them has probably misunderstood what the real text of scriptures teaches on this matter. And we're talking about a sin that is unforgivable. Now, many people, when you talk about that, they will say, yep, that's blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. But many people will just simply refer to it as an unforgivable sin. I've run into some people in my ministry, not a whole lot, but I have run into a number of them who have either thought they had committed the unforgivable sin or were concerned that maybe they had committed the unforgivable sin, but then also, you know, at least one or two who have thought they have been so bad that they, for so long and so consistently, that they don't think they could be forgiven. Now, any of these particular positions in the mindset of an individual is extremely debilitating, and I think it's misguided. Now, is there sinfulness within an individual that can be so bad, so pronounced, that God gives up on them? Mm, yes, I believe that is the case. And in Romans chapter 1, I believe we see kind of the scenario laid forth before us to understand what that situation can be. I want to read that particular text, at least a portion of it. Now, here, the Apostle Paul, it's interesting, we should remember that in verse 16, he says of Romans chapter 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now, that means that last phraseology, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, means everybody, everybody, because that would have been the mindset of the Jewish reader in that particular day. They, they only would have thought of humanity being divided into two classifications, the Jew and everyone else, who would be referred to either as Gentile or Greek, or maybe in some cases barbarians. But there would only be those basic two classifications of people in his mindset. So it means the the gospel message we can expand that and say New Testament Christianity, that's, that, that embodies the power of God for salvation to everyone who, who would believe and obey. Now I want us to drop down to, so, so think about the word of God now as being that powerful, that powerful. So let's drop down to verse 20 for since the creation of the world, his, that is God's, invisible, invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. In other words, we look at God's creation and we see God. We see his fingerprints all all around it. Now, a person who may not necessarily believe in God to begin with, he would not say, well, that's God's creation. Okay, well, look at it from, from uh, the perspective of the agnostic, agnostic or the skeptic or the atheist, and they're all about the same. Just look at the universe. Look at this world. Look at life in this world. Look at the interactive processes that, that you know, contribute to the ongoing of life in, in this world that cannot be by accident. That cannot happen by mere chance. All of that cannot come together in, in the obviously well-constructed and designed uh, system that that is there without a designer, an intelligent designer. And that intelligent designer is God. But some people, they, you know, they disbelieve. You know, they just will not believe. They insist. They will not believe in God. They do not. They will not. Well, so since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. We see God's fingerprint, God's fingerprints through the universe, through this world, through life, through every aspect of it being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their minds, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fool. Now, somebody who says all of this could have just happened by accident, by mere chance, and at random order produced out of chaos... That's absurd, and it's unscientific also. But there are people who are just adamant. They are determined in their mind. They will not believe in God. So professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. They might say, okay, this would have been the kind of imagery that idol worshippers in ancient times, who did not know about God, much less believe in Him, they would have created these images and the forms of of animals and four footed beasts and creeping things and and other strange carvings and and uh, carvings and and sculptures and so on. And they would have called them gods and fall down before them and worship them and pray to them and so on. But in our day and age, people who do not believe in God, well, they may look at birds and, for, and, and animals and creeping things and, and have incredible respect for them as living beings. They may look at them and, and maybe not completely worship them, but they, they think they're really special. And God's creations are special. He designed them in special ways but they may look and admire and look up to and maybe even consider in, in some extra special way living animals and creeping things and birds and so on, but they will not believe in God as the creator of those, of those animals. Therefore, God also gave them up, gave them up to uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Whenever you remove God from your consciousness, evil automatically moves in. You may not believe in such a thing as evil, but probably most people who believe in God would say, well, yeah, there's evil out there. Well, how can can you have evil without goodness? And how can you have goodness without God? But when you remove God, the light of godliness from the reality of an individual life or from the reality of a nation or a culture. Darkness automatically takes over, the darkness of evil, wickedness and sinfulness. And so when somebody puts themselves in that kind of a position where godliness is not in their life, evil moves in, and so God gave them up, it says. Now, what does it say he gave them up to? He, he, he gave them up to dishonor their bodies. Uh, among themselves, gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. There are some people who almost seem like they almost worship animals, worship dogs and cats and, and birds and so on, but they won't worship God. Now, that, again, is got, that putting everything backwards and upside down and inside out. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for that which is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Uh, ever hear of the LGBTQ plus movement? Uh, That's what we're talking about here, basically. And so when somebody is so totally turned away from faithfulness and obedience to God, well, they reach a point, apparently, from God's perspective of no return. Now, we don't know exactly when that point is from a human perspective, because we're not all knowing, but God knows. But certainly, when you think about it from this particular perspective— when, when somebody enters into sinful lifestyles, into ungodly lifestyles, they're going to suffer the consequences of those lifestyles. Now, they may not see it up front and immediately, but they're going to see it somewhere down the road, and ultimately eternally if they don't repent. So there's the understanding that God gave them up. God gives them up. And verse 28 even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge god gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting again we put god out of our mind out of our mindset out of our consciousness the devil moves in with all of the evil that he can instigate within the individual and the you know ultimately again the consequences will be suffered by those individuals In verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceitful, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same but they also approve of those who practice them we see that basic cultural mindset developing more and more within our nation today people they want to believe now why does some people they won't say i don't believe in god they won't say they're atheists or agnostics or skeptics but they will push God out of their mind. They will ignore God. They will ignore the Bible. They will ignore Christianity. They will ignore godliness in order to be able to indulge in whatever they want to indulge in, as sinful and and wicked as it might be. And so out of sight, out of mind. So if they put God out of their mind, and if you press them, they might say, well, yeah, I do believe in God, but they don't want to hear about God. They don't want to think about God because out of sight, out of mind, so I'm not responsible for living in a godly lifestyle because I'm not thinking about God. I just ignore the whole principle, the whole reality of God, and then I can do whatever I want to do. Well, God said, you, you, you go that far, you're going to suffer the consequences. And it may get to the point where you are no longer able to, in your mind to change your direction and so there does come to point when god can say okay you're so far gone i know you'll never repent and so we see that that phrase god gave them up god gave them over now i want us to come back next time and look at that reality In regard to this question, is there a sin that is unforgivable? I want you to listen next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to understand that as long as we will truly repent, you will forgive us through Jesus Christ. If we will come to you for that forgiveness your way, help us to embrace that and be encouraged by that truth, Father. Please, Father, we pray at this time, please please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.